1: Left for three in the win. Yes! Dion has done it! I watched
0: Marcus Morris handling the ball like he was a point guard. I watched them give the
1: ball to Julius Randle. This brother was dribbling the ball off the damn court. First team all defense. First team all defense. I don't know about this, but Rihanna just walked in front of me. <laughs> are you kidding me?
2: Welcome to a Tuesday edition. The Rotowire NBA podcast. Nick Whalen here with Alta Maruta. As you can likely tell by the quality of this audio, I am not in my home studio. We are together once again in the Rotowire office. Uh, it's significantly better setup uh, than I have uh, at my place in Milwaukee. I will be. I will be very open about that. But uh, glad to be back with you in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we chat every single day virtually. We're on Zoom calls all the time. But I can't even think of the last time we've done a live podcast in the same
3: room. No, I don't think so. I think it's been. At least two years, right? Because you moved to Milwaukee at least yes. two years ago. I was kicked
2: out of Madison about two years ago. <laughs> um, yes, forced against my will. So yeah, it's been a long time. I mean, still, still get back to the office every now and then. But uh, unfortunately, the Roto-Wire office is not uh, what it once was in terms of a, uh, a bustling community no. of people writing sports updates all day. But uh, a lot to get to uh, in terms of the NBA landscape. We only got four games on the schedule tonight. Uh, by the time you hear this podcast, those games will, will likely already be underway uh, or in the books, but with only four games felt like a good time to uh, kind of do a recap where we're now a week into the NBA season. We've had some big nights, uh, you know, Monday night, eight games, some big slates over the weekend as well. First of all, how are the teams looking? Uh, are there any leagues where you're, you know, you're either sitting pretty or, you know, the, the panic is starting to set in. I was talking about or talking to DJ earlier uh, in the office about his stake team uh, mm. that is currently 25 points behind the team above him uh, in last place. Oh he will crawl God. out of it. I assured him he's he's got some injuries, he's had some bad luck, uh, but uh, do you have any of those situations yet?
3: Um nothing quite that bad. Um <laughs> I am in first place in our keeper league. Um I I'm going to say it, I have a stacked team. I kept Olenick. I got All right, I've got Olanick in the reserve draft. I had him on a 2B contract last year. I was like, I'll drop him. I can probably get him in the reserve draft. Got him in the reserve draft. I had Mark in on a long-term deal. He finally, that's panning out. John Collins is playing more this year. I got like, I took chances on Kevin Porter. I'm waiting for the Sexton boom. So it's, it's, it's going well right now in that league, but stake league, I'm kind of middle of the pack. Um, You know, I, I just, I got Draymond and clay. So they're being limited. You know, they're playing like 26, 27 minutes a game um you know Marcus Smart's not playing that well but I picked up Nick Richards feel pretty good about that actually yeah I just went for it and a 16 teamer he's been crazy
2: yeah I I actually like Nick Richards rest of the season our our buddy Jan Levine who's in a league with us was asking me you know about picking him up and I I feel like we've been waiting for Mason Plumlee to step aside in Charlotte for so long and and nobody's really been there to steal the job (laughs) from him I, I had hopes that Maybe that would be Mark Williams, yeah. uh, the rookie out of Duke. And, you know, we, he's played five minutes through three games. So that looks like it'll be a little bit more of a project. But I, I think Charlotte is the type of team that if the season goes south, um, you know, later in the year, they they could be kind of this year's version of like the Trailblazers, where Nick Richards, I, I guess, in that analogy becomes Drew Eubanks. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm kind of taking a step back in that Keeper League that you mentioned. I, I did capture the title last year. It's a league where you basically have to go all in because there's usually two to four really competitive teams and you know the rosters get almost comically stacked by the end of the year with some of the trades yeah. uh, so I went all in of course last year I'm, I'm paying the price a bit uh, kind of in limbo right now probably need to start uh, considering selling off some assets I got Siakam Anthony Davis, Trey Young, uh, Devin Booker all in that league but that's not nearly enough like in, in most leagues no. like having that 4 you'd be like wow that's got to be a good team no not even close I, I'm in 10th uh, as of right now you mentioned Colin Sexton. And, and by the way, we're just going to jump around. You know, there, there's been a ton of news to discuss. I, I don't feel that there's one, you know, overarching topic that we need to get to. But uh, the Colin Sexton situation has been a little strange. Like Utah, I think, has been much better than expected so far. A lot more competitive. They, they've logged some big wins uh, over teams that we thought might blow them out. But Colin Sexton has played 21, 19, 19, and 15 minutes thus far uh, in the Jazz's first four games. There, there hasn't been an overt indication that this is because of the knee you know the meniscus that caused him to miss all of last year I would imagine slash hope that's part of the reason but at the same time this is not a team that is you know running some sort of weird rotation like Mike Conley's playing way more minutes than last year Jordan Clarkson's playing a ton of minutes Markinen, and Olenek like uh, it it just kind of seems like for now he's the odd man out and I I don't think that's going to continue but uh, weird weirdly slow start for a guy that I I think a lot of people were excited to grab kind of later in drafts
3: later i mean later some people are grabbing him like 50 or 60 yeah. i mean i think i think both Shannon and i were pretty high on sexton this year because he had produced like top 50 season in the past with cleveland but yeah you're right there's no there's been no news no indication whatsoever it's because of his knee they're playing mike conley 30 minutes a game so i guess it's just like they they think colin sexton's a backup right now uh which is really tough if you drafted him i, mean, I think he's a hold because he's got to be a hold he's either a hold or If you are like really far down in the standings, you can maybe trade him to a a fantasy manager like at the top who is willing to like. If you just need to dump him for somebody who's producing okay right now, you can probably do it. But their rotation has been a little confusing in general. Um, I Olenek had like one game basically against uh, Jokic where he fouled out, but has been like killing it since. You got Jordan Clarkson popping off a ton marketing is playing amazing Vanderbilt needs to be rostered in fantasy Kessler even in like 14 team leagues like you you could maybe start him in a 14 teamer um Vanderbilt
2: has 10 steals in four games that's been the big thing with him he's played a ton of minutes as well played 32 the other night uh against Houston uh they're like kind of a weirdly deep team now it's like it's almost there's almost too many names like uh, DJ had mentioned you know Talon Horton Tucker Nikhil Alexander Walker was were some players that he had bought in on on deeper leagues and they're just not playing enough. Like they're buried on what's like a bad depth chart, but also a depth chart that has like a, a ton of intriguing names for fantasy. Like Malik Beasley, I think, you know, was another late round guy people were targeting, um, you know, and he's just kind of been caught up in the wash as well. Walker Kessler got into foul trouble against Houston on Monday night. Other than that, I mean, had four blocks over the weekend against Minnesota, had two more against the Pelicans on Sunday. That That's basically the scouting report with him, right? I mean, he right. averaged like four and a half blocks a game at Auburn last season and He doesn't need to play 30 minutes at all. If he can consistently sit in the 18 to 22 minute range, I I think he could kind of be a, a kind of a poor man's Yakup hurdle, you know, as far as what he's grown into the last couple of years.
3: I think so. Yeah. And I think his outlook only increases as the season goes along as he gets more comfortable in the NBA and potentially people like Kelly Olenek get traded, but you're right. I mean, I, I was someone who liked Malik Beasley. That's, not looking great. Like in a 12 teamer, he's probably more of a streaming option. And, um, you know, if you took chances on Horton Tucker and Nikhil Alexander Walker, you got to just drop them. Like, even if in the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, towards the end of the year, these guys are probably going to play a ton. It's like, you probably just can't afford to keep them on your roster. Even like a 16 team league, like, you know, like DJ situation. Cause they're behind like Rudy gay right now.
2: Right. <laughs> that is that is accurate rudy gay is probably playing a few too many minutes i would not necessarily count on that continuing and i do think at some point mike conley is getting traded i think at some point jordan clarkson will, will, will be up for grabs if a team wants him um but but interesting I, I think that utah has been as competitive as it has so far uh the orlando magic have not been very competitive uh and <laughs> four thus far uh spirited efforts in all four games Looked like they were going to beat detroit on opening night ended up letting that game slip away but they they hung in there with boston on Saturday, they they hung in with the Knicks. On Monday night, extremely fun team to watch so far. Though they mm-hmm. they don't even have all their guys back. But uh, we were kind of debating in the office earlier today. Like you know, DJ was was yeah. You know, I was kind of taking a victory lap on having Bancaro in a couple of leagues, and he's like, "Well, you know, best of luck when he's sitting on the bench at the end of the year." I mean, Orlando's zero and four. I don't think that they're going to have to try to tank. I think they're going to be bad no matter what. I, I don't see them going full SGA with Bancaro at any point, and. My goodness, does he look good? He looks, he looks stronger. He looks faster. Um, you know, to me, he, he just looks like he's in significantly better shape than he was, certainly at the end of the college season and and even during summer league, which was only a few months ago. Uh, but four straight twenty point games to begin his career. He's racking up blocks. He's getting steals. He, was, he got to the line uh, at least seven times in all four games yeah. so far. I mean, he has been as advertised, and and to me, honestly, better than advertised. I, I, I would not have put him uh you know pegged him as that caliber of prospects who i would expect to come in and have this kind of start i mean it's been mind-blowing
3: definitely better than advertised we were talking about in the office shannon came in and compared him to a first year detroit blake griffin uh from like a size st- uh slash play style perspective mm-hmm. which i think is fair i mean he's like you said he's getting the free throw line a ton averaging almost 10 free throw attempts a game which is crazy for a rookie um you know, especially 20 year old rookies, 30% usage rate. He can score from anywhere on the court. Um, At least he's taking shots from everywhere on the court. I should at least say he's taking a lot of long mid Rangers too, which isn't great, but um, yeah, they're letting him run the offense. He can, he can do a little bit of everything. And one thing that's really impressed me about him is just, he, he can finish around the basket. Like he's, he's kind of like a skilled guy in the paint too. So it's like you have this playmaker with size who is patient and has sort of some big man, like hook shot stuff. He's fine with the floater. Um, Really patient and strong for a rookie and someone who has like good vision. So yeah, I mean, it's, he's, he's looked amazing.
2: Yeah. Like you said, better than advertised for sure. Uh, Doesn't appear to have any like massive weaknesses right now, which is, I mean, almost all rookies there's something you could poke holes in. Um, Yeah. I I don't know that he's going to end up being a high assist player fantasy wise this year, probably going to average, you know, three, four game tops, but that's pretty good for a guy who's playing a lot of power forward. You know, you, you got a lot of mouths to feed, a lot of guys who like to handle the ball on this magic team. But uh, pretty clear that I, I through four games and based, you know, you're lumping summer league into this as well. Like Orlando has their guy at this point. And, um, you know, Franz Wagner looks like he's picking up where he left off. Uh, even Cole Anthony's looked okay so far. And, you know, once Jonathan Isaac gets back for this team, man.
3: <laughs> Bull Bowl is like their second best fantasy player right <laughs> yeah, now. Completely so.
2: buried the lead. Bull Bowl went off. Uh, on Monday, night. are you are you picking up Bull bowl?
3: I think if you are, I don't think in twelve teamers you don't have to, but if you're in a sixteen team league, I think you have to get Bull Bull. I'm looking at Counter, the or-
2: counterpoint. He has eleven blocks on the season already.
3: Yes, I'm I'm actually looking at the Orlando Magic fantasy rankings right now. He is second on the team in per game fantasy value. I'm telling you. So uh, I'm telling you.
2: the blocks the blocks mean something. Scarcity. Uh, he has zero assists on the year. <laughs> well, I love I love to see that. It would be very very cool if he could somehow go the entire year without an assist. I, I think the last player that we've had like this was Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. Who I, I think he he went like 20 plus games without a single assist one time. Like think of how hard that is to do in the NBA. Like you, you get the Wh- ball underneath and all you have to do is just kind of shovel it to Wh- someone for a layup.
3: What do you think Hassan Whiteside's per 36 minute assists are for his career for his career career for per 36?
2: 30 uh, 0.
3: 0.8 0. 0.9. Ah, uh, that was impressive. I'm selling man. him short. You so,
2: that is so, so hard to do. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, Bull bull has been great. Orlando's been super interesting. I, I think the counterpoint to that is, uh, Bo Bamba. It looks like he might be on the outs. He's playing like oh, 12 right. minutes a night so far. And I, I feel like Bol playing as well as he did on Monday <laughs> could be the final nail in the coffin for Bo Bamba, who I, I tried desperately to drop in our stake league. Uh, this mm. past week, I submitted like six different waiver claims, failed on all of them. I was, I was just <laughs> like way, like I tried to grab like Jalen Dern. I was like, Oh, maybe I'll throw like five, six bucks. I think somebody got him for like $37. Yes. Um, I, I don't know if that was KOB or Pete, but uh, yeah. So I went a little low on all my waiver claims and, and ended up missing out. But NBA Top Shot is the officially licensed digital collectible of the NBA. Connect with a passionate community of NBA fans across the globe and build your collection with your favorite moments from NBA history. Top Shot's 24-7 peer-to-peer marketplace makes it easy to find all your favorite players and teams. Once you find a play you've been looking for, you could buy it in a couple of clicks and add it to your collection. Now, I hear all the time, why would I buy something I could watch on YouTube for free? I tell those people it's not about watching the highlights, it's about having ownership of the NBA's greatest moments. Owning NBA Top Shot moments could get you access to unbuyable, once-in-a-lifetime experiences, like hanging out with Detroit Pistons rising star Cade Cunningham, or getting an all expense paid trip to the NBA finals and the NBA draft. Sign up for NBA Top Shot today and kickstart your collection with a starter pack where you could pull a moment of a superstar like Kevin Durant or Steph Curry or rising sophomores like Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley for just $9. Head over to about.nbatopshot.com/rotowire to get in the game. That's about.nbatopshot.com/rotowire. The NBA is back. On behalf of Vivid Seats, let's get one thing clear. Nothing beats seeing your favorite team beat every other team live and in person to the sound of thousands of screaming fans. Vivid Seats believes that real fans deserve to be rewarded and that you deserve a ticketing platform that not only makes it easy to find great deals, but also rewards you all season long. Vivid Seats is the only ticketing company where you can earn rewards with every purchase. No one else has that. They even have a 100% buyer guarantee that your ticket will be as legit as your love for the game. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today and use our promo code ROTOWIRE for $10 off your first purchase of at least $100. Again, that promo code is ROTOWIRE, R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E, for $10 off your first $100 ticket purchase. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Experience it live. Speaking of Jalen Duran, are, are you in on that? I mean, I, I think the Pistons have been equally, if not more, fun to watch than the Orlando Magic. We got that. Uh, we got that matchup on opening night. Jaden Ivy has surprised me so far. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people really like Jaden Ivy. I, I was always in on him long term. I just I thought he might struggle fantasy wise this year. I, I still think that could be the case. We're only three games in, but the three point shot looks pretty good. It's going in at a good rate. He's, he's racking up steals. That was one thing. I was a little iffy about, and I also didn't think he'd be a high assist guy playing alongside Cunningham. Been very wrong about that so far. Six assists per game through his first three.
3: They just don't have a lot of other backcourt options. Like Killian Hayes and Corey Joseph have this tendency to just pass the ball back and forth to each other in the backcourt um, <laughs> when they're on the court together. Extremely true. Uh, so like whenever Ivy or Cunningham is in, it's just like they got to do everything. Yeah, he's he's looked really good, really strong athlete, uh, really aggressive. I didn't get any Duran. I didn't really I, I didn't go that hard trying to get him because they seem to really still like Isaiah Stewart. I don't know what's going to happen with Bagley. I went I went more in on trying to get Nick Richards, Um, maybe a little little bit of a zag. Um, but the price is I mean, if you're in a fab league like the price you're you talking about in our in our 16 team or Jalen Duran went for like thirty two dollars. Mm-hmm. I got Nick Richards for like eight bucks and their full season upside might be pretty similar um I think so too the Duren thing you know he looks so good on opening night 14 and
2: 10 with three blocks that it, it felt to me like just like kind of a classic potential overreaction spot yes. and, and then he, you know he had 10 more rebounds in their next game he like, had two blocks he's good thing. he's he's definitely good I just I don't know I, I would I you know like, is New Orleans Noel gonna factor in like it yeah it, that- it kind of depends does this team want to try to win games or do they want to try to develop Dern and Ivy and let those guys loose and you know if it's if it's the latter Durin is going to be very valuable. Shannon called him the, the best rebounder he's seen since Andre Drummond. So
3: he's I mean he's a great rebounder. There's no question about that. Like it's like six offensive rebounds per 36 right now for for Durant, and he's a great athlete. But like you mentioned, the the path to playing time is weirdly like murky. He should still get twenty minutes a game. I mean, I would hope. But yeah, you mentioned Bagley and 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 Noel. It's just really it's not as clear as you'd want it to be.
2: Yeah, I kind of forgot about Bagley. Um, I mentally, I, I had like convinced myself that he suffered a season ending injury, but he is going to be back, uh, at some point. <laughs> uh, what other team should we, should we jump around to? Um,
3: uh, well, okay. Let's talk about the Pacers a little bit. Sure. Um, Benedict Mathrin. I'll let you, I'll let you go on Mathurin because you drafted him in the Cougamara Leagues, right?
2: Yeah. For, for as wrong as it looks like I might be about Ivy. I think I was pretty right about Mathurin just being an instant impact guy. Um, unfortunately he's. He's kind of looking like I thought Ivy's stat line might look like, where he, is, he has two steals total through four games. He has no blocks. Uh, you know, The three-point shot has looked really good. He, he's hit a ton of threes so far. did go one of seven uh, against Philly on Monday. But beyond that, I mean, 17, 19, 26, 27 points in his four games so far. He's coming off the bench. I, I think Chris Duarte, uh, you know, time's up, pal. I, I think yes. that might be coming. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't know if there's really any... Uh, Any way that Chris Duarte hangs on to this starting job long term, although I think there's a case to be made that Matherin just coming in and lighting it up with the bench unit, maybe that's better for his fantasy potential. But, um, you know, Tyrese Albert is not, you know, he's he's the best player on this team, and the offense runs through him, but he's not really like a high volume shooter. So I I think whoever Matherin's on the court with, there might be a a world, especially if Buddy Heald and or Miles Turner are traded. Like, he might be the number one scoring option. He's not the best player or necessarily the number one option. That's always going to be Halliburton, but he might be the top scorer on this team in the second half of the season. So I, I love what I've seen from him. He's been super aggressive. would love to see those those defensive numbers tick up a little bit, but, you know, we're we're a week into his NBA career, so we're picking nits here.
3: Mathurin is the most aggressive player on the Pacers. Yes. You know, Halliburton, Halliburton is just a cool, calm, collected, like 20 and 10 every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matherin is just trying to score on everybody uh, also a guy who gets the free throw line very well. But you, you sack it on Matherin. And then, you know, this this Isaiah Jackson versus Jalen Smith versus Terry Taylor thing while Turner's out. I don't really know what you do if you have Isaiah Jackson when Turner comes back because how much is he going to play? I, it's just really hard to parse through. It depends on your league size. Um, it's just so many people drafted Isaiah Jackson hoping that he would be great. And he's like right now he's 176th per game in 18 minutes. I just don't know what the path of him seeing more than 18 minutes a game is. If he can't see more than 18 minutes when miles Turner's out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, obviously you could say Turner will be traded, but you know, we're getting a preview of what that would look like now. And it's, it's not encouraging. That's for sure. And you know, part of it has been foul trouble, but that that's just who he is right now. That was, that was the issue last year too, at the end of the season when Turner was out, like per minute, Isaiah Jackson's rack up a bunch of blocks, but he also has five fouls in like 14 minutes. And that's essentially the end of his night. Uh, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, and they do have they just have a weird number of options. You know, like we saw Terry Taylor starting over him last week. Like O'Shea Brissett, who always seems to have a moment, is still on this team. Like Goga Batadze, who they have a decent amount invested in. Jalen Smith, like they're, it's just not a. I, I like it a lot more for for Matherin, you know, the rest of the season than I do uh, for Jackson, just just given how, how crowded that front court is. Um, Houston Rockets. I just want to hit like all the fun oh, yeah. bad teams right yes. now. Houston. Uh, I, I, Kevin Porter, I, I guess is off to an okay start. I just, I don't think he's a winning player, but the numbers have looked pretty good so far. You know, if you play in a league with turnovers, like on Yahoo, that's always going to be an issue with him. Uh, Jalen green looked very good as expected. I mean, 33, 22, 25 points in his last three games, although kind of heading toward a better real life than fantasy type of season with him. Um, you're hitting a lot of threes. though. So that's big. He's averaging like four yeah. threes a game. Already, He's taking a ton of shots. It feels like he's gotten off to a hot start in every game so far, but assists haven't really been there. Rebounds have just been okay for the position. Uh, same with steals and blocks. So I, I think he's going to certainly improve from last season, but I, you know, he's one of those guys to me where he's fun to roster. He's a really good player, but I don't know that he has a path to being like a top 40 guy right now. It's just, just not quite diverse enough.
3: Kevin Porter might not be a winning player, but he's winning me the keeper league right now. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you drafted him, uh, congratulations, because he's like the 37th ranked player right now. Yeah, You're right about Jalen Green. It's just he needs to do more than score, and I don't think that's going to happen while Kevin Porter's on the team. And Sangoon, even though he's coming off the bench, will continue to be an assist guy. Jabari Smith's playing really well, too. That's a, a little bit of a buried lead. like he. Yeah. You know, he's not even shooting that well. He's shooting 36% from the field. He's hit all of his free throws, which is nice, and he's getting his threes, but um, he's playing well. He's taking 14 shots a game. You know, when those start falling, I mean, at that rate, he's going to average like 18 points a game. And, um, you know, with like three threes. So he's he's going to have a strong season.
2: Yeah, 15 and seven so far for Jabari Smith. Almost two blocks as well. I mean, yeah, he's got multiple blocks in three straight games. Doesn't have a steal yet. I mean, that, that could be a little fluky um as expected i think he might be like a sub two assist per game guy this year i mean that that was his mo in college as well uh so not not surprising if you're if you were thinking otherwise that that's kind of on you uh but yeah i think he's looked really good i I think he in the preseason he looked a lot more comfortable he looked a lot smoother than i remembered Mm -hmm. um i mean he was kind of a mechanical type of player and almost in a good way you know fundamental player in college but like i I was getting some like paul george vibes from him the way he was he was kind of running up and down the court shooting a ton of threes in the preseason and he for better or for worse, he's a little bit of a chucker. Like I, I think part of that just like when you're playing with Green and Porter, you know that like if you have the ball, like you might have to shoot it because you're not you might not get it back <laughs> for five or six more possessions. But uh, yeah, I was talking with James about that last week, and like yeah, I, he, when he, when he gets the ball, you could tell he's just like he's thinking one thing. Like it's very uh, like I was watching Blazers Nuggets last night. It's very Michael Porter Jr. ask like when he gets the yes. ball, you like ninety percent of the time he's going to find a way to shoot it.
3: Yeah, I mean that's what happens when you're like six ten with a shooting stroke. You're just yeah. like, I'm open because no one, get, no one's they're like guarding you ever, um, or can get a hand in your face like mm. that. So, if you're in a nine cat league, he's not going to turn the ball over because he, all he does is shoot. So you're fine yeah. there. Um, do you want to talk about the Jazz a little bit? Or not? Sorry, not the Jazz. Say, I, the Timberwolves. Yeah. I get. I'm now getting them confused because the yeah. big trade. Yes. Um, I don't. There. It's really hard to figure out what's going on in Minnesota with like the fantasy values and stuff towns 20 points a game right now eight rebounds five assists uh zero blocks so far for carl anthony towns in four games gobert is playing really well no issues yep. with gobert but we have like anthony edwards not playing so hot right now um like 50 he's shooting 53 percent from the charity stripe i don't know what's going on there yeah, very weird um i'm sure that'll improve and Jacob McDaniels had, like, one great game. Everyone's like, oh, my God, it's happening. And now he's, like, at back to averaging, like, 10 and 3.
2: Yeah, I, I'm glad that I stayed away from McDaniels. I, I didn't get sucked in. Um, you know, I, I, if he's, like, your last starter, you're in great shape. That's fine. He's, he's still going to have those big games, you know, on the defensive end. Like, that's the thing with him is he'll have, like, a five-steal game every now and then, uh, and it makes it worth it. But I, I think... It's just, it's tough for a guy like that to take the next step on a team that has like four all-star level starters, right? Like you kind of need somebody to be the odd man out and just do the dirty work. And they're hoping that's him. Gobert has been great. Like you said, Uh, had a a pretty down game by his standards on Monday against the Spurs. That was a weird one. They were down 30 in that game at one point. Uh, He only took four shots in 31 minutes. Still did have three blocks though. Um, Yeah. Edwards has been off to a little bit of a slow start. Kind of got called out last night by Mm. Carl Anthony Towns for uh, eating too much Popeye's I, I guess was <laughs> kind of the crux of the argument uh, I, I did see I mean Towns I, I think was just upset that they lost and he kind of tried to smooth it over on Twitter today probably not that big of a deal uh, but you know still something to watch uh, I, I think that especially coming after like a blowout loss to the Spurs you right. are openly trying to lose games uh, I did not get any D'Angelo Russell he's been really I really good it. so far I mean, he's been better than Edwards through four games
3: yeah I mean I, I did think the 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 addition of Ruby Gobert would help D'Lo because D'Lo just loves to run pick and roll, and he's a good passer, and he you know has a lob threat because Towns isn't really a lob threat. So uh, more pick and roll for uh, Gobert and and D'Angelo Russell is mm-hmm. is good. That's working out for them. But I, I also don't really have any D'Lo, even though I I probably should have looked for it. I, I I think I'm just scarred from too many years of him getting hurt and
2: playing like 45 games that I, I've just been trained to stay away. But yeah, it was a mistake last year. Um, it might be a mistake again. We'll see about that. Uh, the Miami heat bringing Tyler hero, uh, into the starting lineup mm-hmm. this year, reigning six man of the year, knocked that out. Now he's in the lineup, uh, I guess, replacing PJ Tucker, essentially, you know, we weren't really sure how they would handle that, uh, coming into the year, a little bit of a reshuffle, but they're basically starting Lowry hero, Martin Butler at Um, you know, they, they've been up and down. It feels like every team essentially has been up and down. There's not like one team out there, uh, that you feel great about. I guess Milwaukee's look dominant. They've only played twice, uh, Portland sitting at four and O. Um, but you know, I mean, Miami's at one and three. I don't think you really are, are too alarmed at this point. I think they're a team that that's always playing for the playoffs anyway. Uh I, I do have some shares of Kyle Lowry. That has been that's been an adventure. It's a roller so coaster. Far. We got two good games and two horrendous games.
3: Yes. Um, as has Bam Adebayo, who's just cannot find cannot find his shot. And um but they just they just like don't really have a bench. No. And so I'm kind of worried about them from a I mean, this is not fantasy related, but like from a regular season perspective. You know, if Lowry, you know, Lowry's not going to be that reliable at this point in his career. And Butler's, you know, both those guys are going to miss 20 games a piece at least. And then I don't, I'm not like an out of bio. I like, I think out of bio is good. I don't think he's take 15 shots a game and it'd be like great for your team, good. And then it's just like, okay, now we have Tyler Hero and like, I, who else? Who else is on it? Like
4: Max high
3: Highsmith, Nikola Ovich, Jamal Kane. Like who, you know? um yeah but if you have if you have hero hero i think that's going really well and i think it's going to continue to go well because he ranked 60th last year and there was no reason to think he wasn't gonna have a better year this year mm-hmm. so um i think that's kind of the standout thing for me so far
2: yeah the thing that's jumped out to me with hero is he's he's you know upped at a level as a rebounder you know every game he's had at least six boards at 15 rebounds against toronto on Monday, that was a game that they lost. Uh, but but yeah, he's looked a lot more aggressive. Uh, I felt overall, uh, uh, you know, fantasy wise, he's a guy who I don't think I have on any teams. Definitely regretting that one.
0: Yeah, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: Um, the Lakers disastrous. I, I really have nothing to say. I mean, it's been as expected, right? They're they're on pace to be like the worst three point shooting team ever. Uh, LeBron and Davis have been awesome. Mm-hmm. AD has looked fantastic for fantasies. Already had some of those uh, kind of vintage AD lines. Did you end up biting the bullet and taking Westbrook anywhere?
3: Absolutely no. I did not. Did you?
2: No, no. <laughs> is, are you serious? I wasn't even prepared for that question. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, he was. absolutely. I could not. tell that was like, no. like
3: that, like caught you way off guard. No,
2: I I play in one like my I guess my hometown league, you know, with some college buddies. Uh, he was taken in that league, and it's a nine category, you know, head to head league. Uh, percentages do count though. So I, I mean, I was not even considering touching him. He was dropped after two games.
3: Yeah, twenty nine percent from the field for Westbrook. Not great. Being outplayed by Lonnie Walker and Patrick Beverly. Um, Patrick Beverly, by the way, also shooting 20% from the field, but significantly better in fantasy right now because of the steals and blocks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you just look at the plus minus from a lot of these games, it's like, you know, Pat Beverly plus four, Russell Westbrook minus 13. Like, (laughs) I wonder what the issue is right now with the Lakers and it's gotten, I mean, people are starting to pile on him again. Like last year, now I'm starting to see some of the reverse takes of like, I can't believe the Lakers are pinning this on Russell Westbrook. And like, look, they have bigger, they have other issues. It's not just Russell Westbrook, but I think that's the main issue as far as what's going on on the court. Like it, it was a terrible roster put together by LeBron in that front office, but uh, th- you're just not going to win games with Westbrook. Like that's, that's how it goes. Like, I think he he has become such a damaging player on both ends of the court that you just, you cannot win close games. And, you know, they, they had a chance to beat Portland on Sunday and Westbrook was a major, major reason why that did not happen.
3: He's just a terrible decision maker. And I mean, he, He has a lot of talent, but he just can't get out of his own way. You know, it's like he I understand why he isn't like if I was Russell Westbrook and I accomplished all the things I've accomplished throughout my career, I wouldn't want to turn into Bruce Brown, which is what everyone wants him to be. They're like, be Bruce Brown. And he's like, "Um,
2: yeah, no it's it's the lack of accountability or even acknowledging the situation like, accountability is going too far it's like he literally will not admit that like anything has changed like no i'm the same guy i'm, I'm the mvp i don't know what you guys are talking about and right. i mean you can only go through that so many times it, it feels like i mean the lakers it's gone worse than i expected i they're own three i i thought they would lose to the clippers uh, and i thought they would lose to the warriors which of course they did uh but i mean there's there are people pointing out on twitter like they have a legit path to starting this season you know like oh and 10 or you know they, they could be they could very easily be a team that's like 3 and 12 and as you know they do not own their pick Good. so there is significant incentive for the Lakers to not be a bad team this year and end up handing Scoot Henderson or Victor Wembanyama, god forbid uh to the New Orleans Pelicans uh all right that's enough Lakers talk I intended that to just be like a, a quick 15 second thing and I walked myself right into it DeMar DeRozan Another guy I, I avoided this year. I thought it was such an obvious kind of regression spot after last season. And granted, he's benefited you know, from Zach Levine missing the first two games of the year, went off in both of those games, but they still count. And he's basically putting up the same numbers as last season through four games. Uh, I, again, I don't think it's, it's going to be quite as sustainable as last year, especially if Levine can stay healthy. But uh, we're starting to see more and more players you know, remain productive and, and kind of look like their vintage selves into their 30s and i i don't i don't the more i think about it it's not unrealistic for derozan to do you know even 90 percent of what he did last year which is still a fantastic season
3: no he's 33 which is sort of like the end of your prime mm-hmm. uh depending on how well you take care of your body but you, and you mentioned it he benefited from levine being out but this levine knee issue which was classified as maintenance which is why he missed the first two games seems like you don't you don't miss the first two games of the season with knee maintenance for a, something that's not going to be an issue for the rest of the year. That, that's that's so, a heat check load management. You know. it, it very much was a heat check load management. So if if you are someone who has DeRozan in fantasy, like obviously don't don't panic. There, Levine's probably going to play sixty games this year. You should be panicking if you have Levine. Um, and so then DeRozan's going to pop off in those other games. You'll probably just end up being like the twenty fifth, thirtieth best fantasy player again. DeRozan will be. And I agree. I I should have targeted him more in fantasy because he was going 35-ish, I think, in a lot of drafts. And you shoot for upside a lot, obviously, in fantasy, where you're just like 35. I'll take someone who I think can be, you know, top 12 fantasy value or top 15 fantasy value per game. But at some point, you have to start thinking like, what is what is the worst case scenario for these guys? And the worst case scenario for DeRozan wasn't really that bad. Like how. How, less, how much less uses was he really going to take on? He was either going to be the number one or the number right. two option on Chicago, and most likely still the number one option. Um, so, yeah, kind of one of those things in hindsight where I'm like, I, I, I should have gotten him on at least one team, like him, Siakam. We talked about those guys last episode where it's just like, if you can fill a fantasy team full of um, guys like that, you're going to just do really well.
2: Yeah, I, I think he's kind of in the like Chris Middleton zone, yep. where as long as he stays healthy, you're you're not going to get burned. You're going to feel fine. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think there's a, a case to be made that there's not, you know, major upside there, but there's there's very little downside. And, and DeRozan has a pretty clean health record, uh, you know, dating back really all the way back to the Toronto days. Uh, another guy who I, I feel like is kind of creeping into that range, and and you know, for the next few years at least, might have a little bit of a higher ceiling even than Middleton or DeRozan, due in large part to just the three point volume. Uh, Desmond Bain. Oh yeah. Went off uh, on Monday night against Brooklyn th- career high, 38 points, seven assists, steal, a block, eight of 11 from three kind of snapped out uh, of an early season slump. But I, I mean, he he was three of 13 on opening night from three, three of 10, the next game. Um, I, I, he's just going to keep shooting. Like he might, he might be one of those guys who approaches like 10 attempts per game. Like that's kind of all he does at this point, but he also finds a way to give you five or six rebounds, five or six assists. You know, usually it gets you a steal as well. Like he is, He's someone that I I feel blessed to, to to own in the teams that I do.
3: I think to me the more standout thing is six assists a game for Desmond Bain because mm-hmm. he was like two point seven last year, so his shot volume and his assists are increasing this year. I don't think it's possible, but if you can somehow trade for Desmond Bain, I think you have to do it in fantasy because he's ranked 40th right now while shooting like 39 percent from the field, and that's going to go up. So yeah, I agree with. You. He's going to end up. He is their he is their number two option like. And if you just, those are really reliable guys in general for fantasy, but he looks really good, man. Like I, I agree. Um, He's going to keep shooting really high IQ player, always going to be on the floor for them. That's the thing too. You don't, you're never gonna have to worry about like Desmond Bain load management or Desmond plays Bain's not playing that well. Maybe, maybe
2: they're starting John Conchar over Desmond Bain. Right.
3: Exactly. It's never going to be a situation where Taylor Jenkins is like, ah, you know, maybe he doesn't have it tonight. It's like, no, he's always going to be out there.
2: And you're going to get a couple months where he's the number two guy, you know, clearly before Jaron Jackson comes back and and maybe that changes things and lowers his ceiling a little bit, but yeah, I I love him for the start of the year. I think he's going to have a a monster start. This Memphis team in general, really fun so far. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that they're going to be as good as last year. I actually think they might've got a little worse and we'll see what, what Jackson looks like when he's back. But like Santi Aldama has been really good. I mean, they're, they're handing real minutes to Jake LaRavia and David Roddy and this kind of cast of just like random young guys Uh, who they're throwing out there. And uh, John Morant looks fantastic yet again. Um, You know, had a huge game against Brooklyn at 49 against Houston in their second game of the year kind of eerily reminiscent to the start that he got off to last year too, where he had 37, 28, 40 in the first three games of the year. Uh, I, you know, with him, you you do always worry about staying healthy. He's already had some like wild falls. You know, you think to that, that New York game, the the play that he was called for a charge. Um, I, I don't know that he's ever going to be someone you can, officially count on as like a 70 game player, but uh man, he's somebody I wish I had more of. I, I think I have a maybe in one league. I not maybe not even at all. I it just just never really worked out.
3: Yeah, I um well I felt like the draft day price was too high for Morant, partially because he's a better real life player than fantasy player. Yeah. Mostly due to percentages and the fact that he doesn't really get steals or blocks. Uh but this year He's taking 11 free throws a game and making 86% of them. He's also making three three pointers yeah. a game and he's averaging 1.8 combined steals and blocks. Some of that's going to come down. He's also shooting 55% from the field, which isn't real. Even if that's the case, it does feel like he'll probably be like the 15th mm-hmm. best fantasy player this season, which is where he was being drafted, you know, essentially. Yeah. So I, I probably should have figured he's going to make improvements, but sometimes it's hard to tell when a guy's hit his ceiling shooting wise. Like yeah. there's just going to be a point where someone's not going to get better. Um, yep. you know, shooting a three or shooting the free throws, but he has at least it seems like that way, and he's got thirty six percent usage rate this year.
2: Yeah, well, that that's the thing with him is like last year, uh, you know, before he got injured and ended up kind of evening everything out, I I really felt like I missed the boat on Morant because you were getting him at a pretty decent discount relative to what he was producing. Yeah, this year, like you said, like you you really you almost felt like you had to reach for him in some ways, and it, it looks like as of right now, the path that he's on, he's going to live up to that. So that that's all well and good, but. Um, you know, you don't necessarily look that look back and be like, man, I could have had a guy who's gonna finish 30 spots higher than he was drafted. Uh another big player I, I feel like I missed out on a lot. I, I have him in a couple leagues, but I wanted him everywhere. Pascal Siakam looks amazing. You know, two years ago, we were wondering, he was coming off of an injury. It looked like he had kind of plateaued developmental-wise. He is, I think pretty clearly the Raptors best player at this point. And that's saying a lot because Fred Van Viet is playing well, Scotty Barnes is playing really well, Gary Trent's giving them good minutes. We talked about them as one of the, the very few teams that you actually, you know, make a point to target guys on this team because of how they run the rotation. And you know, Scotty Barnes has missed a game already; uh, he has an ankle injury. Uh, but but other than that, I mean, they they are more than happy playing all four of those guys like thirty seven plus minutes every night.
3: Siakam, yeah, averaging twenty seven ten and seven right now with steals and blocks, and his free throw percentage is not even that good. He's sitting at like seventy percent, and he's been in high seventies for most of mm-hmm. his career. And his other percentages are very sustainable, taking 21 shots a game. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is a very strong chance Siakam's like the 20th, 19th best fantasy player this year. Um, you know, he's 28 years old. This is his prime, and he is the number one option. Mm-hmm. So this it was a good opportunity to really just bank on that and maybe reach just a little bit for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I agree. It just didn't happen for me either.
2: So to me, I mean, without like auditing every single team, like it feels like pretty much all of the main stars around the league are off to a good start. Um, Like, I I don't. Is is there anybody that I'm omitting who's just like really struggled so far? Like Lillard had that kind of concerning game on opening night, but he's been fantastic in their last three. It looks like he's fully back. I guess Kyrie has been a little disappointing and, and yet he's still a top 25 guy per game. Um, is is there anyone who who jumps out to you who's just you know, you know, guy who's considered like a top twenty five player in the NBA, uh who's taken a step back?
3: Right. Um I don't know. I mean Beal is thirty two, which is yeah. kind of where I was expecting him to be. We talked about um we talked about Towns, Towns before. Yeah. Um not that worry about Chris Paul. He's playing fine. Like he's not shooting well, but he's still Yeah. He, the rest of it's coming together for him.
2: I will say Evan Mobley, numbers wise, totally fine, but not you know, not really you're making any kind of statement yes. over the last week as far as taking a big step forward. I think Sabonis has been a little disappointing, but to me, that's more about De'Aaron Fox playing really well and kind of taking the ball out of his hands.
3: Right. Um, other than that, no, no one, no one is really standing out to me. Sab- oh, Sabonis. Sabonis is not playing that well at all. He's mm-hmm. he's like 85th right now. Sabonis is only taking 11 shots a game. Yeah, That's really concerning because he's someone who needs 15 shots a game because what you needed him to average is 18, 10, and four. And right now, he's averaging 14, 9, and five again, which is yeah. good, but it's not what you would expected from him. And this, this, at this point early in the season, what you're really looking at is field goal attempts. You're not worried about, like, oh, is this guy shooting like 29% from three? It's how many threes is he taking? And so the fact that he is taking a step back. It's concerning, especially because I think both you and I like Keegan Murray so much and think that Keegan Murray could step up and basically be their second best player at times. So I don't know what you do if you have Sabonis. I you can't I wouldn't sell low, obviously. I'm not sure I would buy super yeah. low either because the the attempts are concerning.
2: I did try to prime away from DJ okay. in, in our stake league. I, I tried to dangle Kawhi. Uh, who oh was-
3: wow. Kawhi's that's been, blockbuster
2: yeah it would have been it would have been it was immediately rejected <laughs> Me. DJ DJ did not want to deal with Kawhi much like I do not uh, I, I kind of felt like I got him at a good price which I, I still believe but I also did not anticipate them bringing him off the bench and playing him like 20 minutes a game I don't know how long that's gonna last that's been pretty concerning Kawhi's looked really good he's just not playing enough to, to really right. make a, a fantasy impact uh you mentioned Adebayo earlier yeah. he's been pretty disappointing uh, have him on on one important team that that's not looking great so far. I do think he'll come around. We just I think we need to reassess who he is. Like I think two years ago we decided like this guy might become like the best defender, most versatile player in the league, and it just doesn't really look like that's going to happen. Like, he's still very good, borderline all star, um, but he hasn't really. I don't think he's gotten any better since like you know the end of the twenty nineteen twenty season.
3: He's not going to turn into a three point shooter. He doesn't have like a dribble package. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he's not like a great hook shot guy. He's just kind of he just kind of floats out there and takes his yep. 15 footers. Obviously, he does pick and roll and he, he gets baskets that way. But he's also a guy who he's a better defender than he is fantasy defender. Yeah, he just is not like a huge deflections guy. Yeah, um, people just don't really attack him that much.
2: He uh, also averaged five and a half assists per game. In 2020-21, and that went down to three and a half last year, and he's now closer to two and a half. So yeah. that was that was a big appeal with him. Is like, this guy is going to be a 20, 10, and 5 guy who also averages a steal and a block. And all of those numbers have essentially uh, gone down since that season.
3: Yeah, part of the problem is, like, why would you want him handling the ball when you have Hero, Lowry, and Jimmy Butler?
2: Yeah. So true.
3: he's going to get those assists through, because he's a, he's a good passer, but it's just going to be a lot of, like, handoff assists. Yep. He'll hit some cutters once in a while. Like it's not going to be like it was where they were using him as like an offensive hub. It's right. just well,
2: he's not hes not like Jokic level pass. Not even close to or Sabonis. Like yeah, like, right. Yeah, I think he's closer to Sabonis. But yeah, Sabonis is, is on a, another level in terms of versatility. But yeah, other than that, I mean, I, I think Embiid's been like slightly disappointing, but he's somebody that will definitely progress. Um, you know, the uh, I don't know what I'm trying to look at what's really holding him back. I guess he's under two blocks a game, but not that big of a deal. It um, you know, hasn't really racked up many steals. The free throw percentage has been OK. Mid 80s um and what about on the other side guys who are playing better than we expected i mean john collins it's i, I don't really feel like he's doing anything differently he's just no longer playing 27 minutes a night for right. unknown reasons
3: yeah as, essentially that like it, it's well they don't have bogdan bogdanovich available and so that kind of scoots everyone else yeah. like they just don't have great other bench options and so it kind of slides him up a little bit they no gallinari anymore this year and he gallinari was kind of taking minutes away from from john collins at times so yeah I think him sliding up that's that's a lot to do with his minutes. De'Aaron and Fox is playing really well twenty one shots a game for De'Aaron and Fox, although I will say sixty percent for the field uh for Fox is not uh not sustainable and his free throw percentage is still pretty uh subpar so um I, I, fox is gonna come back down to earth, but the volume is encouraging Andrew Wiggins uh is playing out of his mind with like Draymond and clay mm-hmm. uh both. Um, basically playing limited minutes, but Wiggins is like the 20th ranked fantasy player right now. Um, steals and blocks are mostly carrying that some decent shooting volume Rozier, you know, in the absence of, of LaMelo ball had been playing well, but now he's out. Um, yeah, i you know, Dennis Smith jr. Obviously at the, no. Um, yeah, I, I, I think nothing, nothing insane. Um, and a lot of, a lot of the guys who are kind of pushing up, we did see coming, although John Collins, I think is a good example of someone who's kind of been lurking for a while and had been there before that nobody like you and I both write and read, you know, sleepers articles and like content from, from people was anybody being like. John Collins, he's the sleeper this year. Draft he, him he, draft him 35th.
2: I'm looking at ESPN ADP. He was going after Christian Wood. He was going after Russell Westbrook, which there, oh, there's wow. some noise there. I, I think yeah. it's certainly Westbrook still has more value. He's going behind Kyle Kuzma. He's going behind Buddy Heald. Uh he's going behind Kevin Porter. He's going behind Colin Sexton. Like that that doesn't make sense. And look, I didn't I didn't call it out either. Like it's it's right. it, it's on us. We are responsible for this as much as anybody. Our
3: silence is that's we're deafening. guilty.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. I We should have said his name. We should not be allowing John Collins, you know, somebody, somebody who grabbed John Collins with like the 80th pick, like that was a realistic thing that was happening in a lot of leagues. Uh, You're getting insane value there. I mean, you talk about somebody who could easily be a top 50 guy who has been a top 50 guy uh, in the past. Um, Yeah, that's a pretty big omission by us. We got to be better. Uh, Last guy I want to hit and then we'll get out of here. Chris Paul, 7.7 points per game thus far. Uh, you talk about looking at field goal attempts. That's not pretty. He has no free throw attempts in his last two games. Yes. Uh, he, he did randomly take eight threes against the Clippers in their last game. But prior to that, it only taken three total in the last two. This is kind of a carryover from what we saw from him down the stretch last season. So I, I'm not shocked. Uh, I, I think the assist numbers are still going to be really good. I mean, he might be he might be in like his Rondo phase now where mm-hmm. he averages like 8.5 points and, you know, five rebounds and like 11 assists
3: he might be and uh, yeah probably won't get to the free throw line that much he yeah he's his usage is way down you mentioned it i think i think he just he is comfortable and i, I mean i do think it is the best thing for the suns in general it's just like have him have him be the floor general let booker cook let him get comfortable and you know they got cam johnson in there too aton i think has had at least one big game so I wouldn't be panicking if I if I rostered Paul in fantasy, um, you know, it's not I don't think it's like a, I wouldn't try to sell him or necessarily buy him either. Um, it depends what you need, because he, he's also racking up
2: a ton of steals so far. And part of that is he had a five steal game. But if he's still averaging 10 assists and close to two steals, like that's that's fine. Like you weren't depending on him for 25 points a game anyway. Like I presumably you're drafted Chris ball for those two things.
3: Right. And I, you know, steals and assists are the hardest thing to find in the waiver wire. Right. So it's, it, there's some inherent value in just having him on your roster, even if he's not playing that well, of course the concern comes where it's like, well, is that five steal game really just, you know, launching his fantasy value? Like, is he really going to be at like 1.3 steals this year? And then is he going to play 65 games? So it's kind of tough to know what to do with him, but I wouldn't I wouldn't panic on him right now. Like I said, you still get assistance deals steals from him, and those are hard to you're not going to find that on the waiver wire.
2: Very true, very true. I think that's probably the theme thus far. Is very few players are, are worth panicking about right now. Uh, Mo Bamba for me being right. the, the one the one notable exception. Uh, but look, if if my season is coming down to uh, to Mo Bamba saving me in the stake league i have much bigger issues but uh we'll get out of here dude uh hopefully get back on the mic one more time this week maybe check in on thursday see what's going on around the league you'll have the friday pod as usual mm-hmm. with ken and shannon uh, we always chop some of that up throw it on youtube as well so make sure you check out rotowire.com uh or youtube.com slash i guess I'm, I'm so ingrained on saying com, but check that out as well uh, a lot of in-season content going up there we, we we have we have a ton of stuff going up on yahoo cbs nba.com as well as so you could find us uh, on all those outlets but uh good chatting with you in person dude yeah. this was fun
1: it's fun the headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos